Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, executive coach and speaker, and I have a passion for helping people make positive, transformational changes to their businesses and themselves and break through roadblocks to live their best lives. Let's get to it. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and this is the Imperfection Wins Show. And I'm so glad you're here. We have a really fun show for you today. And for those of you that are just tuning into the Imperfection Wins Show for the first time, I want to give you a quick snippet of what you can expect. So first of all, this is a show where everyone belongs. The point of it is to spread a message of encouragement, grace and authenticity, and hopefully add a little light to your Monday. So whether you are on your commute to work, whether you're working at home, staying home with your kids, a student, a grandparent, whatever, wherever, there is a place for you here. And I'm so glad that you're tuning in. So each week I interview entrepreneurs, business experts, psychologists, executive coaches, authors, and more. And my purpose is to provide you with value and, as I said, encouragement. So the topics are going to vary around things like self-care, self-compassion, imposter syndrome, emotional intelligence, leadership, you name it, I'm committed to bringing it to you. And hopefully this show might just give you the nudge that you need to explore what you really want, what's holding you back, and even give you just a few tools on how to take that first step forward. So I always start with what I call my heart-to-heart segment, and then I'll introduce my guest. So the heart-to-heart segment is, um, is the way I like to start the show, and it really is just a time for me to share things that have been on my heart, on my mind, any updates, tell you some stories, maybe drop some food for thought. And today, I want to talk about an experience I actually had a couple of weeks ago I spent five days in Los Angeles essentially by myself. And believe it or not, it was actually the first time I've taken a trip alone since before my kids were born. And now they're 16 and 18. So it's kind of a long time to not go anywhere by yourself. I mean, I've gone on girls trips. I've gone away with my husband, but never just gotten on a plane by myself and then spent time in a hotel room by myself. So that was an experience in itself. Um, I was actually there for a speaker immersion and branding course through this amazing company called Eris Sisters. And they're a company that promote opportunities for women through film, speaking, and branding workshops. And I have to say, I was really anxious before I went because I haven't really ever made an investment in myself like that. Um, But you know what? It was the most amazing transformational week I've literally ever had in my career. And Some of the things that involved were like quite heavenly, like the alone time was actually great. The long walks on the beach, listening to my favorite music, sunshine, which was, it felt amazing. It's really amazing how sunshine can affect your mood and your energy levels. I know I live in Seattle, so (laughs) it's hard to find sometimes, but it was amazing. Um, And actually, the professional development aspect of it was something I think I really needed, and it was completely transformational. And it's not very often in life, truthfully, that we're alone and we get the time to actually be quiet and just reflect on the direction we're heading in. So I have to tell you a funny story, though. So I keep saying the alone time. And to be honest, the alone time, while I was partly looking forward to it, I was also partly panicked about it because... I do like alone time. I consider myself an introvert. I get my energy and recharge by being alone. But five days is a long time. And now I'm not completely alone because, of course, during the day, most of the time I was with my era sisters and we were working hard and learning and growing and developing. But nighttime was tricky. So I have to tell you this story because it kind of – pushed me in some kind of uncomfortable ways for me. So there's this restaurant in Santa Monica that my husband and I love. It's called Herringbone. Highly recommend it. It's so good. And ironically, it was directly across the street from my hotel. And I saw it when I got to the hotel on Wednesday, and I really wanted to go. But I 
sort of didn't have the courage to go sit in a restaurant by myself. So the first two nights I ate at the hotel and worked, just like got on my computer and kind of worked through dinner, like really didn't talk to anyone um, and just kind of stayed inside myself. The third night, I talked one one of the ladies I was there with. I'm looking into at their going menu. I don't know why Are you? you oh my gosh! Like, it it's looks seriously, amazing. Know, it's right? seriously it looks so amazing. good. So <laughs> the last night I was there, Saturday night, I was completely alone, and I was like, "Oh, I really don't want to eat at the hotel again." And my husband's like, "Oh my gosh, will you just go to the restaurant? Like, just go to the restaurant." So I go, "Okay, I'm gonna go." So I go to the restaurant. I walk in. Of course, it's Saturday night in LA in a bar, this like really hipster restaurant. So I go to the bar, I sit down and I'm like, it's fine. I'm by myself and it's fine. I'm totally going to own this. I'm fine. I know there are bigger problems, by the way. <laughs> but I sat down, ordered food, ordered a glass of wine, and I just like felt all uncomfortable and awkward. So in order to not feel awkward, I, of course, glued myself to my phone. And I was just like consumed by my phone, just like eating and on my phone and eating and on my phone and eating on my phone. So after a few minutes, not even, I can't even say it, it wasn't even after a few minutes. It was probably after like 30 or 40 minutes. I sigh and put my phone down and I look up and I see the bartender and she's looking at me and she kind of smiles and I smile and she goes, are you okay? And I said, you know what? I'm actually really struggling sitting here by myself. And I point at my phone and I go, I mean, at this point, I've done everything I can do on my phone. I've done social media. I've done emails. I even chatted online with a friend in Australia. So I've done it all and I've exhausted the phone. And now a few solitary, I don't know. A few solitary games. Yes. Like it was like, OK, now my eyes are twitching. Now I don't know what to do now. And so she looks at me and she kind of laughs and she goes, you know, people come in here alone all the time. And she goes, um, Maybe you need to figure out why it's so uncomfortable for you. I mean, look around. It's pretty great people watching. And I <laughs> literally that moment was like, wow, okay, yes, I probably do need to think about why I'm so uncomfortable being alone in a restaurant. And actually, once I looked around, she was totally right. The people watching was phenomenal Saturday night in L.A., and I just decided at that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to breathe into this. So I took a breath. I relaxed. I stopped worrying about the fact that I was alone and being fixated on it and thinking that people were probably judging me for sitting alone at a bar on a Saturday night. And I enjoyed myself. It was kind of funny that that situation actually made me a little bit anxious. And it was a really good reminder for me, just in her words, to be present wherever you are. I mean, I was totally using my phone as a crutch and completely missing out on everything going on around me. And truthfully, I, I do realize that as awkward as I felt, no one at the bar was thinking about me or worrying about me. So anyway, I share that story because I swear discomfort is becoming my middle name. And it's just another example of me like moving through an awkward and uncomfortable situation i give you kudos for doing it oh thanks it, benny it's like every once in a while you kind of get that wild hair like i'm gonna go somewhere and once you're there you're like that eh, was a bad move but at oh, least totally. you attempted that first yeah, right i did it and just to kind of give a shout out to uh herringbone it's uh herringboneeats.com yeah, by the way uh, they have endless rosé on brunch uh weekends so yeah. that's a bonus right there in and itself. happy hour oysters okay there you i go mean too. i was i do want to say i got there at five and i was out of there by six thirty. so yeah. I wasn't like it was a big night for me. Right. I was in my pajamas by like eight, back alone <laughs> in my hotel room. So anyway, Kudos all is well. But I have to say, before we take our first break, mm -hmm. so the Eris workshop was seriously amazing. Like I said, best thing I have done in my career. I have never in my career or maybe in my life been in a room with such strong and uplifting women, each on their own journey. I mean, there were real estate agents, insurance agents, corporate controllers, HR executives, public, speaker, public speakers, and some of them shared their stories. And I'm telling you, some of these women were, they have dealt with crazy heartbreak and tragedy and then found their way back to gratitude and focus and building businesses. And I just want to say, when I say tragedy, I don't say that lightly. I mean, there was a woman there who shared her story 
of being shot by her husband three times, and then he shot himself, and her kids saved her life. And today, she travels and is a speaker and advocate against domestic violence, and honestly, she's like a bright, shining light of positivity. Incredible. So there was something so powerful about being in that room surrounded by a group of women that are just unified by a mission of building each other and their businesses up. No competition, no judgment, just energy, encouragement, and excitement. So I walked away feeling stronger than ever with a really clear vision of my business and with a couple really important lessons. And I want to just quickly tell you, one of them was this, stop shrinking. Stop making myself small. Stop self-deprecating. Stop minimizing my story. And this was a huge lesson for me because for years, I've been a pleaser. I mean, I like peace and harmony. I've spent a lot of energy learning about navigating relationships and keeping people happy. And while this has served me well sometimes, it also has created a weakness in me. And I realized I haven't been bringing my whole self to my relationships. I've only been bringing, quote, the acceptable parts of myself to my relationships. And so I realized through this journey of this podcast and taking risks and putting myself out there that people want and deserve the whole me. So at one point at Eris, we were asked to write the things we're sending out of our lives in 2020 on a rock and the things that we're bringing into our lives in 2020 on another rock. And then we walked out to the beach and threw the rocks into the ocean that were outgoing. And it just felt so good. So in the spirit of vulnerability, I am sending out self-deprecation, worrying about other people's opinions, self-doubt. And I'm bringing in confidence, self-care, surrender, and boundaries. I have made a commitment to bring in my whole self the whole time. And I... It's going to be a little bit anxiety-provoking sometimes because the truth is I really, really like to be liked, and I really, really like to be easy and not have disagreements or create discomfort, but I always give the people that I'm coaching the advice to say no to fear and bring their whole selves to the things they're doing, so I am going to take my own advice, and I'm going to go for it. So here's your food for thought for today. Where are you only bringing a piece of yourself? Are there things you need to send out of your life right now that aren't serving you? Remember, you have to send some things out in order to make room to bring some things in. So I'm encouraging you today to bring in the good stuff and send out the stuff that doesn't serve you. And I highly suggest trying the rock exercise. It's pretty great. And I also highly suggest attending an heiress workshop. If you are a female entrepreneur or dreaming of becoming one, you got to go. The next one's March 1st in St. Louis. Message me for details because I am speaking at this one and I cannot wait. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'll introduce you to my guest, Shay Bearfield, amazing woman and a fellow heiress sister. You're listening to Sam Willing on the Imperfection Wins Show, KKNW 1150. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you are building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the Greater East Side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for Urban Restoration. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about the resources on my newly launched website, samwilling.com. If you are looking for some tools to help you identify your unique value, say no to fear, simplify your to-do list, or practice gratitude, go on over to samwilling.com and click on the Growth Toolkit tab. 
There, you'll find free, downloadable tools that are beautifully crafted and helpful. If you're interested in listening to some of the earlier Imperfection Wins podcasts, you can find all episodes under the podcast tab. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter or send me a message while you're there. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, that's samwilling.com. That's samwilling.com. Happy listening. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I am so excited to introduce you to my guest, Shay Bearfield, who's joining us today from North Carolina. Hi, Shay. Hey there, Sam. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, can I just say that I wish I could jump through the phone and hug you right now, or I wish you were oh. right next to me in the studio. It's so good to have so you here. Glad. Thank you. So do I. I wish I was there too. Or although that weather that I heard you speaking on, I know on that first part. No, I thank know you. it's it's yeah. not. It, it, yeah, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But this is a great way to start my mornings. It's so awesome, and it's even better that I am chatting with you. So Shay, before we get started, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself and all the different roles in your life? Because I know there are several. Okay. I, my name is Shay Bearfield. I am from Freeport, Bahamas. Uh, I went to boarding school from an early age, from nine years old in the United States. So that's why I sound like a lovely American <laughs> and that I get teased about when I go home. Um, I am a real estate agent here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a mom, a wife. I take care of my family. I'm a speaker. I'm a life coach. You know, all these different hats that you got to yeah. put on. You know what? I'm about the business of doing what I came to this planet to do, and that is to lift up people. I love that. And you are good at that. And, you know, um, so you heard the intro. You heard me talking about Eris Sisters, and I want everyone to know Shay is my fellow Eris sister. And um, we met at the event in L.A., and I I feel like it was instant connection. What do you think? (laughs) I agree. Ditto. I just remember hearing your voice and going, okay. Um, I've got to, at the break, go and break away and meet that young lady. Oh. Yeah. It was really wonderful. Air Sisters is a really powerful thing because it allows people like us to interconnect, right? Yeah. That we're in the same room um, for a period of time. We're sharing life together. And we didn't know each other prior to just like two weeks ago. And that you are able to meet such substantial people, people who have such heart, um, such drive such love and tenacity it's pretty spectacular like even if there was not a workshop yeah there are even if there weren't these wonderful exercises like the throwing of the rock and working on your branding and helping you distill down your message even if that didn't exist there's something powerful about being in a room full of women who believe there's a tie that lifts you yeah, it's really, I mean, I I was actually, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that since we were together at that workshop because I kept thinking, oh my gosh, we all forged such a bond and yet we didn't necessarily have like all of this time together. It was right. really, you know, that last day on Sunday when we did the branding workshop, there was something really powerful in that room and um, I agree with you. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about, oh, my gosh, but we need a reunion. We, uh, how, do we, how do we keep, you know, because so many of us now are texting and talking on the phone or helping support each other in business. And um, I, it, it was so, that was transformational for me. I've never felt anything like that. Ditto. I agree. I agree. And, and that, that's why I keep coming. That was my second time. Well, I was going to ask you, so that was not your first experience with Eris. You actually filmed your story with them, right, before I sure that. did. I, I sure did. I filmed it uh, last summer in July, and the moment I knew that there was another event coming up, I was like, I'm there. Yeah. I just wanted to be in the room with these women who have dreams and yeah. passions and are doing it, and it was awesome. I mean, it's just a really wonderful experience, and it's so professional. Yes, I mean, I know. the end product, the deliverable is wonderful. It is. I know. It's phenomenal. I mean, I, um, I'm looking forward at some point to having Kelly Hager on the show as well to talk about it, but I keep telling her, I'm like, what you have is so special, you don't even know it yet. 
You you just don't even know it yet. It's amazing. It is special. So, Agreed. okay, Shay, so I want to talk about you. Yeah. Um, and I have a question for you because we talked about this a little bit at Eris, and we all had to say what our superpower was. Yeah. And so I want you to tell everyone <laughs> y- what your superpower is. Yes, I love that question because that's actually how I phrase it. My superpower is I make people feel seen and known immediately. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my interactions with people, they will walk away from me feeling like they have a best friend. Yeah. Even if I don't walk away feeling like they're my best friend. And yeah. I, I sat down with my one of my best friends and I was like, why is that? She's like, I, I, I've never seen anybody have this. She's like, because you make people feel known. And people, we all just want to feel known, don't we? Yeah. I love like, that message it makes us so know that much. Our life matters. Yes. Yeah. I love that message so much. And I think that's part of why you and I connected, because that is something that when when I went around the room and, you know, what was asked about my superpower, um, I said noticing people. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think you and I, you know, I think that's part of the reason we connected. And I you do such a beautiful job of that. And I felt that when I met you. I feel that through the phone when I'm talking to you. Um, so tell me, what is that rooted in for you? How, why, how did that become important to you? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, well, one, I really, not to sound trite, I would have to say I really pull that from my mom. Mm. You know, my mom was and is, she's still alive. She's such a tremendous force in my life. And I really, I think I do a lot of analyzing of her as I am now a mother and how I mother and what am I doing right? Or is it aligning with things that were true in my life? Yeah. And my mom, I thought she made me feel like my life was so special and important that I came to this planet to change it beautifully, Mm. that I had to be a good steward over this life. So because of that, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, I was not the kid even trying drugs. Like, I did. And I wasn't a nerd. I was like the cool nerd. Like, I wasn't doing <laughs> putting nothing up my nose, nothing yeah. in my veins, nothing under my tongue, nothing. Everybody knew. Shay does nothing. And it wasn't. And I thought, how did my mother do that? Because I was in boarding school in upstate New York, in Massachusetts, in Rome, Italy. I was in university in Monaco. Like, I was so far from her yeah. so many times. But I felt her hand around my heart. And how did she do that? She made me feel like my life mattered so much that I better not muck it up. I better not mess this up because I came here to do something. So I had to be a good steward of it. So no thank you, cocaine. No thank you this because that is going to distract and get me off kilter. And don't you understand that my life means something? (laughs) Isn't that amazing that she was able to do that? I mean, I just, that is like, that makes me just like my mind boggle. So, okay, yeah. so that's what we, to be honest, that's what we probably all want for our kids, right? Yeah. Like, I, right. I mean, so, but it's really hard to do. Um, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me, actually, what you said, that, that you felt that even being so far away from her. Um, yeah, I So, did. but were there, if you had to say, like, two specific things that mm-hmm. she did <clears throat> to make you know and understand that your life had purpose and mattered and how valuable and important you were, what would they be? I would say that one of the things my mother did so well is that she asked my opinion and my insight on things Mm. all the time. What do you think about that, Jay? What do you feel about that? And whatever I ushered to her, she trusted it. And she would say, oh, and she would give it great validity, Mm. great validity. She never made it seem like my thoughts so were somehow inaccurate or even sophomoric or surface. She, she made me feel like I had a probing mind. And therefore, the places that I landed after my analysis were solid places. And she would take my um, advice or my thoughts as something powerful. And that made me feel like, oh, wait a minute. I actually have something to say. So I look at that, too, and think, I never felt weird being around adults. I never felt weird about expressing my thoughts or my perceptions around people who are always much older than me. 
I was always one of the younger people in my grade. I graduated high school when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And my mother made me feel like my voice and my thoughts mattered, and they actually had a lot of value. So that's one solid thing that she did. She asked my opinion. I think the other thing that she did is she put me in situations that I soared, Mm -hmm. that I was great at. So Mm -hmm. I was a really great horseback rider. I was a really great skier. So she consistently allowed me to be in situations where I was amazing. So I felt in tune with my greatness. Yeah. My gosh. She sounds like an amazing woman. She really is. And she was an orphan. Her mother died when she was one and her father died when she was five. How she figured out how to parent? Well, I have no clue. That's amazing. And is she still in the Bahamas? She still is in the Bahamas. She's in Freeport, Grand Bahama, one of the islands that were hit tragically by the hurricane um, a few months back. And uh, she and my father both are living with a friend right now while we are getting their house back together. At least it wasn't knocked down. You know, they're just having to take down all the drywall, take out all of the furniture and all of the internal belongings. But they have life, right? They have life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Okay, Shay. So... You, I feel like, could probably write a book with your childhood. I mean, the well, boarding school, you. the international experiences, being from the I'm Bahamas. Writing. Right now. Are girl. you? I absolutely am. Oh, my I gosh. I'm committed to it. I'm I so woke glad. I wrote for two hours. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you're doing that. That's so exciting because as you were talking, that's exactly what I was thinking you should be doing. Okay. I'm writing. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, I want to dig into your own story of heartache and hope with your husband and what it revealed to you. So we'll be right back, everybody. And once again, you are listening to Sam Willing on the Imperfection Wins Show, KKNW 1150. Hey, everybody. It's me, Sam. Many of you know that one of my greatest joys in life is handing out small, perfectly imperfect wooden hearts. That's right. I said perfectly imperfect. These are the words that came to mind when I held one of these handmade hearts in my hand for the first time. These beautifully crafted, imperfect hearts are made by my friend Gary. Fate brought us together, and ordering hearts from him and giving them to anyone who needs one has been a joyful part of my journey. The hearts serve as a physical reminder that things don't need to be perfect to be meaningful. Check out my website, samwilling.com, forward slash imperfect hearts for the whole heart story to place an order or make a donation 100% of the proceeds go towards the mission don't forget that samwilling.com welcome back to the imperfection wins show I'm your host, Sam Willing and we're back with Shay Fairfield inspiring leader public speaker and superwoman that I'm just so honored to be talking to. Hello, Shay. Hello, Sam (laughs) Willing. (laughs) So before we ended, we were just getting a little bit of insight into your superpower of making people feel seen and heard, hearing some about your childhood that, oh my gosh, is so fascinating and just I cannot wait to read your book. I was so excited to hear as we ended that you are doing that. Um, I think it's going to just be amazing, and I think you've got a lot to say. So, thank you, Sam. Yeah. So, speaking of things to say, um, after I met you at Era Sisters, you know, like I said, we had Sunday together at the Branding Conference, but I didn't really, it wasn't like we had any one-on-one deep conversations where I really knew about you. Um, And so, after Era Sisters, I went on and watched your video of your speaker reel of your talk. Mm -hmm. The talk is called Test Me, everybody. And I have to say, I was completely blown away. You are such a dynamic, powerful speaker. Um, So, on top of just your presence, your story was amazing. And Mm -hmm. I know really hard too. And so will you just share that story of, um, you know, heartache and moving it into a space where you're using it to inspire other people? Sure. Um, So my husband has a uh, chronic 
he has chronic kidney disease, and it's based on, his is predicated on a, an autoimmune disease called IgA nephropathy. Um, IgA nephropathy is an autoimmune disease that solely attacks the kidney. There is no known cure. It's a hard um, even diagnosis to get. So for probably, you know, you, you know how hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back and mm-hmm. we see the hand of IgA nephropathy 15 years ago, but we didn't know it. Um, but probably about six, seven years ago, um, it, it, he just started to get really bad. There, he started swelling, um, gaining loads of weight, getting out of breath, having vertigo, um, having foamy urine. It was just like a whole slew of things that seemed to be unrelated. Um, and there also seemed to be an emotional component where, you know, days he couldn't get out of bed. So we had to shift from him being the primary breadwinner to me being the primary mm. breadwinner. And um, we had a little girl. We have one daughter. And finally, uh, throughout this process, I made him go to the doctor. I'm married to a Southern man, and this might be the case for all men, but they don't <laughs> like going to the doctors, uh-huh. okay? And um, I, they just want to, like, slap Jesus on it and keep moving here <laughs> in the South. And I love that. I was like, no, you have to go to the doctor. So we go to the doctor. They're like, yeah, there's, you know, there's protein in your urine. Mm. Then somehow we get to finally a nephrologist after we go through a urologist and they discover that that's not the issue. And it literally was like, I think the Red Sea had parted for me in my heart when the nephrologist looked at him and said, young man, I think I know exactly what you have, but I'm not going to say it until we have a biopsy. He sent us in for a biopsy the very next day, and they were able to confirm that he has a disease called IgA nephropathy. It is a disease that almost 100% when it does show up, it shows up in males, white males in their uh, 30s and 40s. My mm-hmm. husband happens to be a white male. And he was like classic IgA nephropathy, but it's just something that it's not super, you know, all, it's not super rampant, so it just mm. took a while for them to find it. Yeah. So at this point, his kidneys are failing, and it is a lot for me to carry. Um, you know, I am the caregiver, and I'm not trying to come off like you don't, like for better or for worse, so death do his part, all of that. But I can tell you what, it felt very hard and heavy. Even though he needed help and he needed help with everything, I still had to carry more than I was prepared to or knew how to. Mm-hmm. And I just kept doing it and just, I felt like I was just, I don't really know. I just was putting one foot in front of the other and I just kept moving. Yeah. And I would just go home and just think, is this even possible? Can I keep moving? And you and, were you were practicing real estate at the time, right? Yeah. So you had a lot of clients, yeah. a lot like random Absolutely. hours and, uh, and the pressure of now being the breadwinner. Absolutely. And it all being commission based. Yeah. And it is a scary time. It's a lot of it's a lot of work. And I remember, you know, because I make people feel seen and known that my customers, my clients would come in and they'd be like, hey, Shable. And I finally stopped hiding it. I, I wasn't consciously hiding it, but I think I was hiding it. Mm. And when they started asking me what was going on, like, hey, what's going on? I was like, yeah, you know, we're going to dialysis. I just started sharing what was going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. And not like long, woe is me stories, but I no longer truncated my truth and my right. story of what I was doing. I right. was like, yeah, this was happening. It was like, that's like what I was talking You were bringing your whole self. It's like, the, this is me. This is what's happening. This is this real. Is, yep. I'm not yeah. asking you to fix it. Yeah. This is just what's happening. Yeah. I'm not asking you to even feel anything about mm-hmm. it, but this is what's happening. And, but you know what? People are amazing. I had over 12 people say, hey, Shay, is there any way that I could get tested oh. to be a, a kidney donor for your husband? Because, These Shay, was your husband on a list? for? So, for... at that point, we finally had got on the list. Okay. And, and so, I'm aware of the time constraints okay. that we're doing right now. But it takes a long yeah. time to get on a kidney transfer. There's a whole bunch of things. Like, we had to go to these workshops. You have to do this. Yeah. You, you can't be overweight. I mean, truly, you almost have to be in perfect shape, but for needing a kidney. Right. It's really amazing. It's very difficult. And in and living on dialysis, it's a very constraining life. Mm-hmm. It's four hours 
three days a week where you're going and basically they're removing every ounce of your blood from your body, extrapolating it, cleaning it out, and then putting it back in. Mm. They often leave weak, um, extremely tired, um, cold. There's a lot of physical things. And so that's also hard being a wife, right? Yeah. Because now it's hard to like look at your husband as um, a virile kind of guy that you have all these wonderful feelings towards when you are just taking care of business. Yeah. And that's uh, real. And so and you, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so no. your clients started offering to get tested yes, to be donors. They did. It was remarkable. <laughs> I was like, what are you like? These are people like, let, let's just step back here. Let's unpack this. I am their realtor. Yeah. That's what I am. Really. That's all. I'm a, I'm a person who helps you buy a home in the abstract that's not important nor is that a moment where you can develop interaction or connection that is large and deep and beautiful mm-hmm. enough that says i want to give you my kidney mm-hmm. that shows me something one you can develop deeply emotional it like real connections with people seemingly around surface interaction mm-hmm. seemingly around surface topics the topic doesn't matter. It's how you show up in yeah. the moment. And they wanted to give his, their kidney to him. And I was like, what? No, no. That's and amazing. They're like, no, really. Can I, can I please, can I have a packet? So then I started giving out these packets, and they started going through the process and either qualifying or just getting disqualified. It was, uh, I could not imagine it. Um if there is one more moment I have, I want to tell you this really crazy, amazing moment. Yes. I'm in, I'm getting my nails done with my girlfriends here. They take me out for my birthday and I'm telling this story of who ended up being the, the donor for my husband is his best friend stepped forward and he was a map on all areas. So it was just oh crazy. My gosh. And I'm telling this story in, um, while I'm getting my nails done, but The place where the story changes is at that moment, they had found Barry, his donor, to have an underlying heart issue Mm -hmm. that disqualified him from being a donor. So we're in a heartbreaking moment, and Mm -hmm. I'm just sharing this with my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And this lady comes up to me after while I'm sitting there with my nails underneath the light. Again, surface moment. I'm getting my nails done, lady. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything special. I'm, I'm literally getting my nails done. Yeah. And she came up to me and I thought, oh, she's coming up to me because we were too loud. And she said, hey, I heard you talking about your husband with your friends. And I thought to myself, I cannot imagine what I would do if that were my life. She said, my brother and I made a pact last year that we wanted to donate a kidney. Is there any way that we can exchange information right now and oh. I can be a donor? I can see if I can be a donor. I can get tested and you could test me. Is there any way? Stop it. I, was, I am not kidding. Me and this lady, and she like looked like the most tight together. Like she was like middle-aged, white lady, blonde hair, lips done. It, I mean, just total package. Like I have my crap together. Hello, people. And I'm thinking that she's going to come shut me down because I'm being entirely <laughs> too loud. And instead... Oh. She's offering me her kidney. She doesn't know my name yet. How does that happen? Because oh my when gosh. people feel seen and heard, they do extraordinary things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shay, that makes me teary. That is amazing. That's an amazing moment. It's a true story. It so was amazing. I have, so, oh my, I have so many questions about this. Okay, so <laughs> first off, how is your husband today? So today, um, I wish I could be like, hey, and so everything's perfect. So today we're still in the struggle. He Mm -hmm. did get a kidney transplant, um, ended up being, again, by his best friend. There are other things that it's actually the heart issue wasn't significant. It wasn't really a heart. So he got his kidney February 13th, Mm -hmm. 2019. So they expected this kidney to rev up and be like full in effect by three to four months after. And his kidney just never fully kicked in. And it, he, he maxed out at about 30% functioning. And through a whole series of trying to figure out what's going on, we recently had another biopsy a few months ago. Turns out his autoimmune disease is already attacking this new kidney. Uh. So I, we are in 
on uncharted territory. We don't know how to do this. We don't know exactly how to um, correct it, and nor do the doctors, nor nor does the team. I can tell you the kidney transplant team, they meet every Tuesday in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he is their top case Mm because he's a conundrum for them. He's there trying to figure it out. And he's been on chemotherapy for the past four months, and he just stopped it last week. So, honestly, we are... Our, our ground still feels a little bit like jello, yeah. but that's a part of life right now. Yeah. I, it's amazing how strong you are. And, you know, I so you and I have talked several times since we met at Eris, and I know um, some of your story from watching your talk and talking with you, and you know this is the first time that I've asked about present day and yeah. you shared, and I have to say I'm overwhelmed by – your positivity and in the midst of this uncharted territory and feeling um, probably really off kilter a lot of the time, your strength and positivity is like, it just shines through you. So um, big prayers to your husband and to you. And yeah, yeah. well, I, um, I would love to ask you a couple more questions about this. We're going to take a really short break. And when we come back, I want to know, overall, through this experience, what did you learn about people and what did you learn about yourself? Again, you're listening to Sam Willing at KKNW 1150. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling, new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you're building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the greater east side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for urban restoration. Hey everyone, it's me, Sam. I'm so excited to announce my speaking focus for 2020. After stepping back and really thinking about what all of my work is leading me towards, I've realized that there is an overarching theme of compassion. This year, I'll be speaking to corporations, schools, churches, women's groups, and more on the subject of compassionate leadership. The world needs compassion now more than ever, and it's time we slow down and start valuing relationships and people over economics and business and in life. If you or your organization are looking for some inspiration and are ready to hit the refresh button on your leadership legacy, improve your business and your life, contact me at samwilling.com to explore working together and how taking intentional action in small ways can lead to big changes for businesses and most importantly for people. Don't forget that samwilling.com. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and we are back with Shay Bearfield. And Shay, we only have 10 minutes left, but I could literally talk to you all day. I have so many questions still, so many different topics. Um, So before we went out on break, you were walking us through um, your story of your Mm -hmm. husband and kidney failure and bringing us to sort of present day. And I first Mm -hmm. just want to say thank you so much for bringing your whole self to this conversation Mm. and being vulnerable and open. Um, I think the more that we all can do that, we sort of take the sting out of being honest and just being honest about where we are. And it's okay to have, you know, there will always be probably some areas of our lives that are not going Perfectly, And that's sort of the point of the show. So thank you for sharing. And before we jump to our next topic, I just was wondering if you could share, given the story that you shared, um, Mm -hmm. what was your main lesson through that story or through this journey that that you learned about people? And what was the main thing that you've learned about yourself? 
Well, the main thing that I learned about people is that people are really phenomenal. Mm. That when people do feel seen, when people feel known, heard, they do show up in extraordinary ways. And for you to connect with other human beings, it doesn't have to always be around super deep things. It's how you show up mm-hmm. in that moment with that person that creates the connection. And um, honestly, it, so that's my big takeaway with people that, oh, my God, you can develop deep, meaningful interactions around seemingly trite or surfacey um, interactions as long as you show up mm-hmm. and you are present in that moment with them. And then, two, the extraordinary things that people are willing to do. Mm-hmm. Give a body part to their realtor. Yes. By the way, none of these people knew my husband personally. Mm-hmm. They'd never met him. They only met me. And it's not because I'm amazing. It's because they clearly had felt seen, heard, and and known in that moment that it didn't seem odd. Yep. And isn't that amazing what human beings can do? So we have the capacity to be amazing. Yeah. So that's one thing I learned about people. What I learned about myself was that I'm stronger than I feel on any given day, that I will bend, but I will not break. Mm. And those are things that I was not confident of before. Like, I yep. know it. I know that you can bring on this onslaught of things. And I know that it will not kill me. My knees may buckle, but I will not die. Oh, you give me chills, Shay. I love that. And, you know, I, um, I, what I have found also is that it, people are phenomenal and it is amazing if you will just be open and vulnerable and ask for help, um, or share an opportunity with them to get involved and help other people in our spirits. We want to help other people. We do. Right. And so I think that is exactly what I have seen happen through my journey as well. So, and I think that only happens when you finally (laughs) start being real and vulnerable and about the state of things. Right. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. Um, Okay. So we always end with a quote and I'm going to, I'm going to have you share it a few minutes earlier than I normally do because I know that it's phenomenal. I don't know what it is, but I know you said it's longer (laughs) And it's yeah. your favorite and meaningful. And so I want to have some discussion around it. So will you share your favorite quote with us? Absolutely. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who it's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred with dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly in airs and comes short again and again. Because he knows there's no effort without error or shortcomings, but who does actually strive to do the deed, who knows the great devotions, the great enthusiasm, and spends his life in a worthy cause, who at best knows the end, in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So his place will never be amongst those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. I got that one from Brene Brown when she pointed us to Teddy yes. Roosevelt some years ago. Yes. And I committed that to memory and I literally roll it over my soul like worry or prayer beads yeah. all the time. You had that memorized? I do. That's beautiful. I love it. And you know what, Shay? I it, it actually really hits home for me because um, you know, this work for me of sort of putting myself out there in the podcast and doing things constantly over the last year that are uncomfortable for me. You know, I've always, like I said, I'm a pleaser, right? I like to keep it tight. I I like to keep myself contained, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, that quote being about, you know, be vulnerable. And also, like, when you, you know, you put yourself out there and you take risks in the name of meaningful work or, intentions of making a positive difference for people, changing people's lives and not worrying about what other people think or not worrying about keeping yourself contained. Um, And that's really hard to do sometimes. But, you know, I mean, you kind of open yourself up to some criticism and some judgment. Um, But I just am super grateful that I have women like you in my life. 
um, that give me the courage to just keep going in spite of criticism or a lack of understanding right. of work, right? Yeah. And it also, you know, where it really touches me is like, if you are not in the arena, yes. if you are not there doing the work, sit down and be quiet and tell me nothing. Yes. Amen, sister. Don't you say one word about yep. how I, because guess what? No matter what I do, there, there is always better that can be done. Yep. No matter how much I give, there's always more that can be given. Yep. But I have given my all and I am doing my best. So sit down and shut your mouth. Seriously, Shay, preach it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's where that hits me. I'm yes. like, okay. And then you know what I love about it? He strives valiantly. Yeah. Come short again and again. You know how many things I have started over and over? Like we talked about a book. Yeah. I have started trying to write a book a thousand times. And then that mockery voice comes and says, What the heck yes. are you doing, you loser? Like, okay, you're writing a book. Uh, you know, hello, the book is not written. Can we just stop this? Nope. Yeah. I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep getting in the arena. I can't not, not yep. get there. I love, I love, love, love all of that. And also, We have a little less than two minutes left. And you know what? I really want people to know how they can connect with you and how they can work with you. So, Shay, will you say how people can find you and connect with you and learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I love speaking at corporations. I love speaking at groups and just inspiring and giving actionable takeaways. You can find me on my website, shaybearfield.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter at at Bear. And I'm always very responsive and I'm always looking for ways to impact the world for good. I love it. And we will make sure all of your information is up on your um, on my website and also all over my Instagram, imperfection.wins. Oh. Um, And Shay, I just thank you so much for the conversation. And everybody, that is a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're interested in listening to the first season of Imperfection Wins, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And join me next week for another conversation with another amazing woman who started a local nonprofit that's changing lives. And until then, be kind, have courage, and give yourself and others grace. Have a great Monday.